I'm Pastor Gerald Rico, and this message is a part of our online ministry here at River of Life in Menominee, Wisconsin. To find out more about us, please visit our website, riveroflife.co. Again, that is riveroflife.co. But for now, prepare your heart and enjoy this message. Well, one more time, good morning and welcome to the river. We are excited that you're here and uh, as we get ready for the new year, how many of you have your resolutions set? Like you, you already, you're ready for this new year. Okay, nobody, nobody's a resolution person here. Okay, how many of you already set them and broke them? Maybe I should ask that question. It's the second. If this, okay, well, I, I, I made a decision one year that I was going to make a resolution never to make any more resolutions. And then I realized I already broke the resolution by making that resolution. But anyway, I mean, the truth is, when we look at the idea of resolutions, we recognize how fleeting they are. We recognize that when we, 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 we plan these things, we try these different things, and we try to get connected with making ourselves better, making ourselves lose some weight, making ourselves more spiritually disciplined. Like we, we have all of these goals that we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to live this way. But if you've lived long enough, you recognize how easy it is to have those goals, to have those dreams, but never to actually live them out. And so this series that I want to look at, one of the things that I hope that you have decided that you have desired is that you want to be a more spiritual person. But if you're like me, one of the things you recognize is one of the greatest hindrances to our spiritual growth is the hurry. That, that we have allowed so much hurry to take over our lives. We've allowed so many things to stand there and, and, and steal from us. And what I'm hoping that we can learn as we take some time and go through this series is we could look through the places where we see hurry and we could get rid of it. We, we could try to take time and daily detox ourselves from the speed that our world is going at and finding ways where we can use what God has given us as ways to live differently. So today, as we look at this, and we're going to be looking at this all throughout January, but today what I want to really focus in is how we are addicted to busy. Have you ever noticed that? Have you noticed how much we as a people are addicted to busy? One of the default questions, if you were to ask somebody, how are they doing? Most people are going to say something either, I'm tired or I'm busy. And we, we wear that like a badge of honor. And it's something that I feel like is stealing our, our days. And I mean, as we get into a new year, it's important that we pay attention to these things. It's important that we look at what we're living. I love what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 39, verse 4. He says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. And so when we read something like that, it, it puts probably two things into our heart. First, it probably 
helps us to recognize, okay, I need to be intentional about what I'm doing. I need to be intentional about, you know, making sure that my life lives up to what I'm supposed to live. But also, it helps us to see how short our life is, how brief it is, and how we, we almost get this sense of, am I really accomplishing anything? And so, in this verse, I see this tension that we, we have this desire to want to know how to live, want to live lives that honor God, but we recognize how few days we actually have to do that in. And so we have all this tension. And, and for me, like just recognizing this has led me over the last year to kind of look through my own life and, and to add some different readings into my life. And so there, there's a couple of books that have kind of deeply influenced me back last year that I'm hoping continue to influence me going into this year. Uh, one of them is a book called To Hell with a Hustle. And, and I know it's uh, kind of got a edgy title, but he, he's really kind of pushing it at it saying, this, this is something we need to recognize that all of this hustle, all of this hurry is actually from the pit of hell. But but there's another book that kind of deeply influenced me, and that book was actually influenced by a single conversation by two people that I believe are spiritual giants. Like, of our day and our time, they they have some great insight. Uh, One was the name of Dallas Willard. And if you haven't heard of Dallas Willard, you're welcome. Go read his stuff. He is, he is, uh, he's just great, and especially as he speaks on the idea of being a person of discipline. The other person was this man by the name of John Ortberg, and he's written a lot of stuff recently, and just a great theological mind. But John was being discipled by Dallas, and one time he reached out to Dallas on a phone call, and he said, Dallas, what do I need to do if I want to be all that I want to be for God? And Dallas paused for a second. And then he said, you need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. He's like, awesome. What else? Nothing else. You need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And so that one conversation sparked a book uh, by a man named John Mark Comer, and it's The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And so that book is going to be kind of the, the backdrop for a lot of what we're going to go through over uh, the next few weeks. I'm going to put in some of my own thoughts, my own uh, feelings into this, but but if you, if you want to get a head start on where we're going, I'd really encourage you to pick up the book. It, it's a great read, and hopefully it will help you to understand a little bit more of what we do and, and why, we, why we allow this hurry to overwhelm us. And so one of the things that he talks about in this book is this idea that we are constantly going after hurry. And, and there's a term that got coined back in the 1950s. Think about that for a minute. This term comes from the 1950s, and it's called hurry sickness. This sense that we're, we're, we're trying to do so much, and we're trying to get so much done, and we're, we're, we're chasing after all of these things. But it's killing us. It's an epidemic. It's, it's a sickness. And so 
I want to give you guys a checklist this morning to see how you're doing when it comes to hurry sickness. And so I'm, I'm going to give you 10, 10 symptoms. And so if, you, if you're a checklist kind of person, I'm going to read through each of these and give you kind of the underlying thought behind them. And then I, I want you to put a check in your own life if you feel like you qualify and, and we'll, we'll count up after we're done. And so the first symptom of hurry sickness is irritability. In other words, you're mad, you're frustrated, you're annoyed way too easily. It takes just the smallest thing to set you off. People have to tiptoe around you. And a good way to look at this is not how do you treat your neighbors or how do you treat the people you work with, but how do you treat the people closest to you? Your, your parents, your siblings, your, your children, your spouse, your roommates. The next one is hypersensitivity. You get your feelings hurt way too easily. You're constantly in this emotional funk. One bad thing can change the entire trajectory of your entire day. You, you allow yourself to major in the minors. You get, and this can manifest in different ways depending on your personality. You might get angry, you might become nitpicky, you might become anxious, depressed, or just plain tired. And the truth is you can't roll with the punches. Restlessness. You just can't stop. You, you, when, even when you try, you can't get rest. When you go into prayer or, or Bible study, it feels boring to you. You can't focus on anything for very long. You want to go to bed, but you just sit in bed and toss and turn. When you watch TV, you can't just even just watch TV. You're, you're also sitting there checking your phone. You're folding laundry. You're getting into fights on Facebook. Workaholism. You, and, and this could be just activityism. It doesn't have to be a career. It could be this sense that you're, you, you can't stop. You don't know when to stop. You're just constantly going and going and going. And like I said, this can manifest in career. You're just constantly trying to do more, get more, be more. Or it could be in the way you clean your house. Or it could be in the way you run your errands. There's just constantly stuff going on. And you end up dealing with what they call sunset fatigue. That by the end of the day, you're so bent out and, and, and burnt out that you have no time and no energy for the relationships around you. Emotional numbness. You just can't feel other people's pain. You have no empathy for other people. You have no time for their drama or, or the things that are going on in their lives. Messy priorities. You, you feel disconnected. You know what is important, but you allow what is urgent to overtake your schedule. You're constantly reactive rather than proactive. You're constantly going after things and, and allowing what's right there in front of you to take your attention rather than the important things. And, and years go by, maybe even decades go by, and the things that you really feel are important don't 
get any of your attention. Poor body care. And by this, I simply mean you're not doing the important things. Yeah, you might shower and you might brush your teeth, but, but you're not getting that eight hours of sleep that they're telling us we need. You avoid daily exercise. You don't eat healthy foods. You don't keep margin in your life. You wake up tired. And you live your life on the four horsemen of the diet apocalypse. Caffeine, sugar, processed food, and alcohol. Like This makes up a big chunk of your calories. Escapism. You basically overdo something. You're, you're, you can't handle life, and so you overeat. You overwatch Netflix. You overspend. You, just, you find all of these things to numb yourself to what's going on around you so that you don't have to feel the weight of all the hurry. There's spiritual slippage. And by this, I simply mean you get so busy that if you're anything like me, one of the first things that flies out of your calendar is time in prayer, time in the Word, time spent doing what's most important. And here's the catch-22, is that what we find, the things that really give us life, also require something of us. There, there, there's some emotional investment that goes into there. There's some time investment that goes into that. And the problem is that when we don't do that, we just end up feeling more tired and more hurried. And then finally, isolation. You feel disconnected from God, from others, from friends and family. When you pray, and I don't mean just asking for stuff, but actually trying to sit down and pray and spend time in the presence of God, you feel stressed out. You feel distracted. When you are around friends, it's just as bad. You're a million miles away. You're checking your phone. You're going through a list in your mind of all the things you have to get done. So those are the ten items there. How did you score? Seven out of ten? Five out of ten? Maybe you're really good. You're two or three? And here's what I want you to see. I didn't want you to read this list just so that you'd feel guilty. Because that's not of God and it's, it's probably not helpful. But what I'm trying to help you to recognize is that if you, if you score pretty highly on any of these, it's probably time for you to do a reset. And what better day to do that than the first Sunday of 2022? So what I want us to see through this is not, man, I've messed up again. Man, I, I'm, just, I'm so stuck behind all this. But that we have a choice. We have a choice on what this year is going to look like. I love one of the lines from the book, which simply says this. When you, what you give your attention to is the person you become. Stop and let that sink in for a moment. What you give your attention to is the person you become. If you're constantly giving your attention to Netflix, that's who you're going to become. You're going to become like the things that you're giving your attention to. If you're constantly on Facebook, constantly checking up on social status, constantly you know, reading up on celebrities and, and all this stuff in, in their lives, you become absorbed with that. But the positive is also true. 
If we give ourselves to prayer, if we give ourselves to Bible reading, if we give ourselves to spending time in spiritual disciplines, we become more like Jesus. And so, over the next few weeks, I want to take some time and look at how we can develop these spiritual disciplines. A few weeks back, actually a few months back, when we did our series on Hope is Here, I kind of touched on this, and I think I may have even hinted that this was coming back. Like, this was something that God was just working on me so much. I'm like, okay, this is, this is going to become an entire series, and so here you go, you're welcome. This is the outflowing of that little snippet. And so I want to reread a portion of Scripture that we looked at back a few months ago and, and allow it to wash over us again. And allow it to be something that maybe we can come back to this entire month and ask ourselves, are we living this kind of life? And the portion of Scripture I want to read is found in Matthew chapter 11. And, and I know this is a little late in my sermon for us to do this, but still, uh, you might need at this moment a chance just to stand up and, and shake some limbs and, and everything. So why don't we stand for the reading of God's Word? I'm going to read Matthew chapter 11 and starting verse 25, go all the way through verse 30. So Matthew 11, 25 through 30, and reading out of the New Living Translation today. And this is how it reads. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. Our Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever in revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you, and let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Can I pray for us real quick? God, I recognize that there's many of us who are dealing with hurry sickness. But what you have invited us to is supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be light. And I pray that we could learn from you. That we could allow who we are to be affected by who you are. And that we live differently because of it. Continue to illuminate your word to us this morning and allow us to be people who chase after the things that bring you glory. Mostly that we are people who chase after you. We love you, we praise you, we honor you, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Why don't you wave at a couple of people? Again, get, get those fingers moving, uh, get a little excited. Maybe wish them a happy new year.
So, we read this, like I said, a few months back, and the context of this statement is Jesus telling people that the things of God, the things of heaven, are hidden from those who think that they're wise, who think that they're clever. That these are things that are reserved for the people who are willing to be childlike. And so, as we explore these verses over the next few months, or next few weeks, sorry, maybe it'll turn into months, I don't know. But as we take some time and look through this, I really want to encourage you. Let the lightness that Jesus is offering, let the easiness that Jesus is offering be something that we lean upon. I mean, it says here that Jesus said, my yoke is easy to bear. The burden I give you is light. And again, the, the idea of the yoke is this farming implement that was meant to put two animals together. And so, it's not that it's not work. It's not that it's not something that we're going to have to toil at. But the toil is supposed to be life-giving. The burden that we're supposed to be carrying is supposed to be something that makes our life easier. That makes us have a better ability to walk through this thing. And so we're supposed to be walking through this together. And that's why I really encourage us to spend time doing the Daniel fast together. Spend time doing spiritual disciplines together because a yoke was never meant to be carried by yourself. That this whole spiritual discipline, this whole spiritual way of following Jesus was something that we were supposed to be doing together. And so let's put on the yoke of Jesus during this time. Let's figure out what it is to follow him. Let's allow this idea to resonate with us. As I did when I shared this months ago, I want to reread our passage, but I want to read it from the message paraphrase, and he really does a good job. I mean, kind of his idea behind the message paraphrase is that he wanted to make it poetic. He wanted to make it something that was a little easier to understand the beauty and the, and the poetry behind the Word of God. And this is one of those passages I feel like he just nailed. And so I want to read it, and I want to read it nice and slow. And I want you to listen to these words the words of Jesus and let them wash over you. Are you tired? Worn out? Burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. 
keep company with me. And you will learn to live freely and lightly. That is an invitation worth accepting. I mean, I, some of those phrases just jump off the page to me. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. He says, walk with me and work with me. In other words, he's not saying this is, this is just a life of sitting back doing nothing. It's a life of learning how to live the way I did, the way I designed you to live. That when we do this, we will recover our life. So, I really want to encourage you, over the next four weeks, as we spend some time in God's Word, as we spend some time fasting, as we spend time going over these things, that you meditate on this passage, that you learn what it is to follow these unforced rhythms of grace. In the book, he takes and walks through four spiritual disciplines, and we're, we're going to take those in succession over the next four weeks. But what I would like you to do is consider what it is to live these things out. So often, we, we're so fast-paced, we're in such a hurry that when we try to do these things that are intentionally designed to slow us down, when we try to do these things that God has said, this is for your own soul. As I already mentioned, we, we feel distracted. We feel overcome. We feel like we cannot live it out. But my prayer is that we would be intentional during the month of January to find some of the stillness to find a way to pull away. Again, maybe give up a meal or two, not just for the sake of health benefits, but for the sake of filling it with time and prayer and in God's Word. So, this week, I really want to encourage you to live this out. Again, I didn't give you a lot of points. I didn't give you a lot of uh, things that you had to chew on. I just wanted you to chew on these words of Jesus. Take some time and think about these things this week and what it will take for us to live this unforced rhythm. And so, I got a handful of things I'd really love you to consider doing as we look into 2022. So this week, I'd really encourage you to take some time and fast. As I mentioned, you don't have to do the Daniel fast. But find something that's significant for you. Find something that you can do that's going to make you actually focus on God. And maybe it's getting rid of some time on social media. Maybe it's trying to get rid of something else. I mean, here's the truth of the matter. When we start going through some of these spiritual disciplines, it's going to be really easy. And lots of people... Lots of well-meaning people have just said, I'm too busy for this. I can't do that. I can't, I can't put these things in my life. And my question to you is this. How much time do you spend on social media each day? How much time do you spend in front of a television screen or a computer screen doing non-work activities? 
There's probably the truth. You have time for this. And if you can honestly say, I don't do those things, I'm just really too busy, maybe you need to consider why you're so busy. Why are you addicted to this busyness? That's where fasting, I think, can help quiet some of that stuff in your life. So take some time. Consider what you need to give up this, these few weeks. And, and again, maybe just try it for a day. Maybe try it for a couple of days. But allow God to do something in you. And then this week, I really would encourage you, spend time focusing on the grandeur of God. That as, as we prepare to learn from these spiritual disciplines... They take root in us because we recognize God is the one who created us. That this life is not our own to live. We are borrowing the air that we breathe from the creator of the universe. Everything we have, everything that we have access to, everything that we've been given, our strength, our health, our money, everything belongs to him. Let's start this year focusing on how awesome our God is. So I gave you some suggested scriptures up there. If you uh, sent in your text message, I will email those out, text those out to you so that you don't have to write them down. But they're great verses to meditate on this week as we think about the goodness of our God, the greatness of our God. The other thing is seek forgiveness. Especially as you're going into this new year, if there's sins from 2021, let's leave them in 2021. Ask for forgiveness and leave them behind. Let's start with a clean slate this year. Let's say, God, I'm giving you everything. And then keep short accounts. If you end up stumbling in something, don't say, okay, well, the year's blown. Might as well just give myself over to sin this year. No. Stop. Ask for forgiveness again. And make a new resolution that you're going to live differently from that moment forward. And then probably most importantly, if you're learning anything from this, the best way to lock it in is to tell somebody else. So either tell one of your friends, tell someone you're living with, tell a family member, or text us. Let us know. So if you haven't filled out your digital connect card, this would be a great time to do that. Just text in the word river to 715-953-4060 and then you'll get the little prompt and we can stay in connection with each other that way. That way you'll have our text messaging number and you can just send us information. Tell us what you're learning. I'd love to hear what God is teaching you as you're learning to slow down. And then come back next week as we start unpacking some of the spiritual disciplines that are in this book and learning how to put these in our lives. Because I think these are going to be things that could be game changers for you. They could be things that actually help this next year be something that produces the kind of life that you desire, the kind of life God desires for you. This slow, easy, burden, light burden that God has offered us. So, that's my desire for us this year, that we would be people who live this way. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up right now. And let's, let's not leave this time without having a dedication to say, God, I want 
I want you to recognize you're worthy of everything that I have. You're worthy of all of my worship. So take some time right now and, and, and prepare your heart for this next year. And then we're going to have our prayer teams come around different corners here. And, and if you need something during this worship time, you need somebody to pray with you, maybe you need a physical healing, a spiritual healing, an emotional healing, maybe you just want the resolve to live these things out, come find one of these prayer partners and let them pray with you. I, I know God's meeting with us at these altars. I, I can't give all the, the details, but I know someone was physically touched last week. Let's believe that that's going to continue to happen that we're going to see miracles, that we're going to see God doing amazing things in this year as we take time to slow down and allow Him to be our focus. As we pay attention to Him, we become more like Him. So don't leave without taking some time and focusing on Him. Letting this year be a year that you say, I'm going to live differently. So I love you guys. I'm going to pray a blessing over us. And then you respond however you need to. Let me me pray a blessing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you're doing in our church. And I pray that we would live differently because we're following you. We're following your pattern. So as we go into this new year, Jesus, I pray that you would bless us and that you would protect us. That you would be gracious toward us and smile upon us. And that every day, we would walk in your favor and in your peace. As we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand and worship?